All right, we're in Proverbs 4 and verse 23. You're already there. Keep thy heart with all what? Diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What are you supposed to keep? Your, say it, heart. Say it with me, heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. CNN reported on August the 13th of 2013 that a 60-foot wide sinkhole formed under a resort in central Florida late on Sunday, forcing the guests out of their rooms as one three-story building collapsed and another slowly sank. The guests at the Summer Bay Resort, they said, in Claremont, about 10 minutes from Walt Disney World, called for help before the collapse, saying that they heard loud noises and windows cracking. All the guests inside the building, an estimated 35 at that time, the authorities said, were evacuated before the first structure crumbled. Tumbling into that gap, that sinkhole, uh, an ever-deepening pit, by the way, usually what you see at the beginning of a sinkhole is not where it ends up, into that pit were cars, pavement, bicycles, sidewalk, and lawn furniture. Seven months ago, South Dakota, uh, an investigation report port reported that homes in the Hideaway Hills section of Black Hawk was built on an abandoned gypsum mine of the 1960s. How many of you know about this story? Yeah, a number of you do, most of you. The area started forming sinkholes in April of 2020, leaving whole neighborhoods in danger of collapse. And of course, the properties, property values went down to zero. And so uh, 12 families had to be evacuated from their houses uh, that started to collapse, and they had to get out of there. In May of 2019, a 40-foot, 40 40-foot, 40 imagine that, sinkhole shut down traffic in the 300 block of Whitewood Street in Rapid City, about um, three miles southwest of here, right off of West Omaha Street. Do you know where that is, West Omaha? Yeah, sinkholes, sinkholes. Sinkholes vary in size. Cairo, Egypt reported the largest sinkhole measuring 72 miles long by 48 miles wide by 402 feet deep, Guinness Book of Records right there. Scientists say that sinkhole, sinkholes occur when underground streams drain away during seasons of drought. That causes the ground at the surface to lose its underlying support, and suddenly everything caves in in that sinkhole. So many Christian lives are like that sinkhole in Florida. I wonder, have you ever felt like everything was about to collapse in your spiritual life? Well, I mean, everything looks so natural and healthy on the surface of your life. The casual observer would think that all was okay with you. 
anybody who saw you would say, yeah, they're, they're doing all right. And they wouldn't pick up on it. But you have them fooled, perhaps. You know that there's a hidden chasm that has developed and threatens to give way at any moment. And not only are you at risk, your entire family becomes at risk. If you collapse, they are hurting too. Doesn't just affect you. The Bible text teaches us that all the issues of life, that's that which is seen, emanate or come from the heart, that which is not seen. Everything on the outside eventually shows itself uh, or comes from the inside. That means that your behavior and dealings either are or will soon become what is happening in your heart. You can't hide it. What's going on in your heart is going to work its way out. If you have a fear of God and you're walking with God, that's going to be seen. And if you have no walk with God, it won't be long before everybody will notice that too. You can't hide who you are in your heart. And that's why we must keep our heart with all diligence. That means with all energy. The word means uh, with all earnestness and effort at all cost. We've got to keep our heart and keep that heart close to God. The word keep means protect. Protect your heart. Don't set it on the things of this world. Set it on the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God. All of life emanates from our inner person. Could I put it this way? There's a visible life that we lead that everybody sees. And there's an invisible inner life that we live. This is, this is generic or, or germane, I should say, to the Christian walk. This, this applies to all of us. There's the invisible inner life. The visible is our accomplishments and our relationships and our academics and degrees and our uh, responsibilities and social media jobs and physical strength, ability and beauty, everything that everybody sees. The invisible is your daily devotions. It's your free time activities nobody sees. It's your walk and talk with God, your hobbies, your thoughts in quiet moments. It's your reading material and your friends and your family time and your texting and anything else that nobody sees. It's your invisible. Some people realize too late that they've spent nearly all of their energy and time developing the visible surface only to see it all cave in in a matter of minutes. And the sinkhole is exposed. It's eroded. If you neglect your inner man or feed it the wrong things, it will not sustain the weight of the events that press upon it. And soon even the surface will collapse. What's been happening underground in your heart for quite some time will appear for all to see. Everybody's going to see it. It's important that we keep our heart. I'm preaching this evening on inner erosion. Say that with me. Inner erosion. Inner erosion. As I, preach at, as I preach tonight, you ask yourself, is inner erosion occurring in my life? 
Am I becoming a hollow Christian? I've got all the things on the outside and all the lingo down, but inside there's no true walk with God, and I've become hollow in my heart. It can happen to a preacher. It can happen to a wife, a missionary, a leader. It can happen to a deacon, a teacher, a teenager. It can happen to a child, a member of this church. Any Christian can become hollow. They can experience inner erosion. And I believe that there are at least three causes for inner erosion. And if you can identify them, you can correct them. So if you don't take them seriously and correct them, your sinkhole is about ready to collapse. I want to preach tonight on the inner erosion. Let's look to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, now strengthen me that I may deliver what you've given to me. And I pray that there may be a move of the Holy Spirit over this place. Lord, these are your people, and you love them. Lord, I don't know them, and I don't know their heart, but you do. And I pray tonight that, Lord, your spirit will take your word and challenge folks tonight. If there's somebody where the, the inner erosion has even started, I pray that they'll have a heart to correct it tonight. I pray if the inner erosion has been working for some time, Lord, by your spirit, bring them to an altar of prayer tonight that that may change. Stir us, we pray, and if there's one lost, save that soul in Jesus' name. Amen. Three causes, and I'm finished. Number one, hidden sin that's allowed to stay unconfessed. If we have hidden sin and we don't deal with that sin, and we know we should, it's not like we don't know. We know that we ought to deal with hidden sin. God says, but if you will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Your sin is going to come to the forefront, and other people are going to see it. Every one of us can tell stories of people that that's been true of, and all of a sudden, that you wake up one day and this person's gone off into some kind of sin, but that thing was working in their heart for a long time and they didn't deal with it. We don't want any more casualties. We ought to correct that thing while we still can. It's a mistaken philosophy to assume that we can indulge in habitual sin and that this inner heart problem will uh, leave the outer heart, the outer life, untouched. That's a wrong philosophy. It won't work that way. David had hidden sin that caused a huge sinkhole in his life, and his life collapsed that day, and Nathan said, Thou art the man. Achan stole the Jericho spoils and tried to hide it, but a huge sinkhole opened up, didn't it? And then we read about Nadab and Abihu. They sinned and they hid it, but a sinkhole opened. Korah led the rebellion against God's man, Moses, and the earth opened up a sinkhole and swallowed him and those that were with him. Turn with me to Judges 16. Do you remember Samson? Remember the story of Samson? He fell into this philosophy. He got to thinking, you know, I can sin 
and it won't affect me. I'm, I'm the exception. Uh, everybody else may sin, and God will ring their clock, but it won't happen to me. I can get away with it because I'm a little bit favored. And the inner erosion began, began with the very thought that he could get away with sin. Prior to this, did you realize that Samson was experiencing the Spirit of the Lord upon him? He was having times with God. Uh, in Judges 14.6 and 14.19 and 15.14, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. That was the norm. And he talked to the Lord. Um, as late as 15.18 in, first, in uh, Judges 15.18, Samson called on the name of the Lord. What was he doing in those days? He was keeping his heart with all diligence. He was calling on the name of the Lord, and that's inward. And the outward effect was that he was well-known, well-respected, gifted. He was powerful, used of God. Samson started out right. And maybe there's somebody here tonight and you have started out right. You had a good foundation. You received the Lord. You started to learn the word of God. And you went along and you took membership, got involved in the church. But you know, this thing can set in on us. And if we sin and don't confess it, then a sinkhole is opening up in our lives under the surface. Can't see it yet, but you will. Look at uh, 16.1. Judges 16.1, the erosion started to set in. First he saw an harlot. It says, then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot. Listen, he didn't control his eyes. It's one of the first evidences that there's some inner erosion going on. I wonder how it is with you gentlemen. The underground stream started swishing in his inner man, eroding his strength immediately. It was like getting cable or satellite TV uh, and secretly watching wicked shows. It's like having a website tabbed as a favorite that's wickedness, and you know it's wickedness, but you go to it. Don't tell me there's not a problem with that. I pastored. I counseled a lot of men over the years, and some deacons even. It was like having those websites that are porn tabbed. It was like having a stash of, of porn. We had a young man come to my son who was a youth leader at the time, and he was crying. And, and uh, my son said, well, what's wrong? He said, I went out to the garage. And he said, my daddy, who also attended our church, he said, I found... He had all of these pornography books out there. And he said, I saw them. I shouldn't have seen them. And he said, I don't know what to do. Oh, it's a horrible thing. First Samuel saw what he shouldn't have seen. He had an eye problem. Secondly, also in verse 1, the Bible says, and he went in unto her. Samson acted out what he was lusting for. This time, he doesn't control his feet. Doesn't control his eyes, doesn't control his feet. And uh, his inner man continues the erosion. The, the hole in his heart is getting bigger, but nobody can see it, including Samson yet. We ought to be able to see it, but he should have seen it, but uh, not yet. 
Nobody knows. The surface still appears intact. It's what's going on underneath. In fact, look at the verses that follow in verse 2 and 3. 16, 2 and 3, Judges. And it, it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city. And were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. Well, he actually goes out again like he had before. And he has great power. And he must have thought, hey, hey, look at me. I can sin and still have power. I can sin and still teach my Sunday school class and do my bus route or do my ministry. Hey, I'm getting away with it. He must have thought something like that. I can sin secretly and still appear strong. Everybody thinks I'm all right. But that's because sin has an incubation period before you realize that you're infected, just like diseases have an incubation period. There's a lag time between the sin and its exposure. The canker worm was eating away from the outside, the inside out. So Samson sees, and then he goes, and yet he has power. How do you figure? Chapter 16, verse 3. He lays. That is, he did not control his posture he didn't control his eyes, didn't control his feet, didn't control his posture. In verse 4, number 4, he loves Delilah. So he didn't control his emotions. This is the third foreign gal that he has uh, had. And yet, in 16.9, he still breaks the seven green vines. This is amazing that he still has that strength. In 16.12, he still broke the new ropes. Just like they were a little thread, he broke the ropes. In 16.4, he even overcame the weavings of his hair in a web. And he said, hey, hey, I, I've got this thing beat. Others sin, and God gets them. But I sin, and I still have strength, and I still look like I'm all right. Maybe the devil has fostered that lie in your life because you haven't been caught yet. And the sinkhole keeps getting bigger and bigger in his life. And since he didn't repent and repair that sinkhole, we come to 16, 16 through 20. In those verses, Delilah persistently presses upon Samson daily with words until he finally breaks down and Samson's whole life caved in right there. This time he went out. To battle at you as usual. He was used to doing this. He knew, he knew the game plan. He was powerful. He could defeat anybody. But the power of the spirit wasn't with him anymore. He didn't know it. Look at verse 20. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not, means he didn't know, that the Lord was departed from him. Surprise! You say, well, 
He should have known this was coming. He should have seen this coming. Yes, and we ought to see it coming too. If we have erosion going on in the heart, we ought to know that we can't hide that and that God is going to, it's going to catch up with us one day. God will make sure of it. It makes no difference if you seem to have hidden it or that nobody else sees it. The effect is on your heart, and that's why you have to keep your heart with all diligence. We had a lady in our church. She got right with God in 1991. I became the pastor in 1990. She got right with God in 91. She grew in the Lord and grew very quickly, became a key leader in our church, was one of the busiest ladies in our church in different ministries, preacher. And she, had, she was talented, busy, and, but she was becoming hollow inside. She substituted works and ministry for time with God. Amazing. She became hollow because her Christian life had become dependent on external works and no personal walk with God. She talked like everything was all right, but her heart, in her heart, there was a heart erosion taking place and it was expanding. And nobody knew it, including her family. Nobody was aware of it. It all came out in December of 2012. When she left her husband, who was a deacon in the church, to move in with another man under the false pretense of nursing him back to health. Shirley stopped. By the way, people who sin always have an excuse. They always try to develop a plausible excuse. Shirley stopped to see her several times. The last time that she visited her, she, uh, the lady told Shirley, as she made a big mess of things. She had the respect of every person in our church. Amazing. And she ruined it. But she wouldn't humble herself and make things right. Her husband remains faithful amazingly to this day. But um, how could that happen? How could that happen to someone who was so effective and working in the Lord's work? She had become hollow inside. And the very next step was to give in to sin. I preached two revivals for this one preacher. Four-day revivals. And he celebrated 20 years at that church as the pastor in, in 2017. For, but for those 20 years, he had been hiding an egregious sin that nobody knew about, including his wife. And um, it was found out three months after the celebration, and his whole life caved in. I mean, today he's in prison. Today his wife um, has to, by the way, he's in prison for 28 years. His wife has to, had to get a job just to exist. They have three children, two of them still at home now. She had three at home when it happened. Hidden sin causes sinkholes, and sinkholes collapse. Listen, if you engage in hidden sin, you are literally shoveling the dirt out from underneath your own feet. And that thing's going to collapse. You mark it down. One cause of inner erosion is hidden sin. Number two, neglect of the inner man. 
The second cause of inner erosion is the neglect of the inner man. That makes sense. Every one of us live in an outer world and a personal world, and the private world is frequently cheated by the demands of the outer world. Well, you've got your job, and you've got ministries, and you've got things to do, all kinds of things to do, and some things that you don't have to do, but you do them anyway, uh, do those things anyway, and all of these things take big chunks of time, and it comes time to read the Bible, and you're too tired at night to do it because you didn't make that a priority. It comes time for prayer, and you're too tired to do that because you didn't make it a priority in your life. And it comes time for soul winning at the church, and you don't do that. That would be walking with the Lord to tell the story, and you're too busy for that. But you've got time for everything else. Amen. That's good preaching right there. Now, we're so busy that we neglect things like our precious time with the Lord, our constant awareness of his presence, reflective time to think and meditate upon his word like he commanded us to do. By the way, when was the last time you meditated on the word? You read it, and then you reread it, and you reread it, and all through the day you meditated on that word. That means to think about it over and over. When was the last time you did that? Because the Bible promises us great success if we will do that. And so um, that's given up. The family outing or just a family sitting around joking and maybe playing a game. Uh, we need those times, times with our uh, wives and husbands. So, brethren, we must take time to cultivate our relationships or they will stagnate and become shallow relationships too. So remember that Samson was used, used to that time with God and having the Spirit of God come upon him. But you won't read about this time with God that he had during his demise. You're not going to read about that because it didn't happen. And you're not going to read about the Spirit of the God coming upon him during his demise because it wasn't going to happen. That's always how it works. Neglect, neglect, neglect. Now, who are those who experience inner erosion because of neglect? Could I tell you who they are? I'll tell you. They are hard workers. We're not talking about the lazy in this. We're talking about hard workers. They're busy people and good people, producers, and uh, conscientious people. But for all of their activity, they have overfed the outer man and allowed the inner man to starve. The inner man's not getting rejuvenated. We are to renew ourselves in our mind every day. But if we get too busy, that's not happening. And our heart, it affects our heart. They're like Martha. You remember Martha. Too busy to sit at the feet of Jesus. They're like, they live on the wave of the last spiritual experience that they had. They uh, let truth learned in the past lead them. They haven't had any fresh information from the Lord for a long time. They let strength gained in the past carry them and the power of the former days propel them. Why? Because they aren't getting alone with God to get those things anymore in their life. It's all what happened way back sometime. My wife is counseling a lady 
who's been a pastor's wife for 45 years. 45 years. She's busy in every aspect of their ministry, teaching, working in the Christian school, playing the, she's the church pianist. She's involved in all of it, but she's not fulfilled. She told Shirley, on at least six different occasions of counseling with her, that she seldom ever opens her Bible to read it for herself. This is a danger, folks. It is inner erosion, neglect. A young man came to me, said, uh, Preacher, I feel uh, like God wants me to preach someday. I think he's calling me to preach. I said, oh, oh boy, that is wonderful. And I asked him how his daily time with God was that nobody ever sees. He said, uh, him and hawed around a little bit. He said, really, it's non-existent if I'm honest with you, preacher. And I challenged him. you got to get that right first. Amen? Amen? But rather than do that and develop that walk with God, he went to another church that would promote him right now. Boy, we see that a lot. A lot of that kind of stuff. Take the easy way out. He's an assistant pastor in a church that I know about with no walk with God. He's hollow. The sinkhole is sure to reveal itself, and his life will collapse when that happens. And who knows uh, what people in the church will be affected when he collapses. Another casualty. A preacher called me. Unbelievable. Uh, we get around, so we travel, we build friendships and build closeness with a lot of people, and a preacher called me and told me that he hasn't studied or prayed earnestly. He's been preaching. He's been leading the church. But he said, I haven't studied or prayed earnestly for a long time in my ministry. Now, thank God he's rededicated his life, amen, and he's back on top of it. But boy, at that time, uh, he was shocked that God brought that to him where he was. He was hollow. He had let the inner erosion take place under the surface, but he corrected it. The truth is that some need to make cuts in their outward commitments and make time for the inner man to fulfill, uh, refill that cavity under the surface. We've got to stop what we're doing and evaluate what in the world are we spending our time on? But because there's a God in heaven that wants to walk and talk and reveal his word to you, we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we can't do it unless we spend some time with him. We've got to graduate from uh, just kindergarten reading the Bible to where we get back to old-fashioned study, sit down and look at the words that are in the Bible and not go on until we understand what he's saying and what we're reading. Here's what we're doing too often. We pick up the Bible and we just start reading it until we can check it off our list. God help us. That is pitiful Christianity. And it's going to create a chasm and an inner erosion in somebody's life. We say all we want about revival, but it's out of reach if we aren't willing to be honest in this simple area. I'm speaking to some Christian who's let it happen again. I know I am. 
someday when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it won't be how big your bank account was. That won't matter to God at all on that day. It won't be how many properties and possessions you owned. You won't be asked how large your paycheck was, though some revel in that, and that's what their whole goal is. They sell out for that. God won't care how beautiful or strong that you are, educated or exalted that you were in this life, or if you built a, a huge church or built a huge company, he won't care if you accomplished your task list every day and you were meticulous about it. Though I think you ought to accomplish your task list. <laughs> Turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Could I remind you of the Apostle Paul's final challenge to a group of pastors at Ephesus. Here's what he told them, and I want you to take notice of the words and what it says. In verse 28, Acts 20, 28, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. What do you do first? What's first? I got to take care of the, the flock of God. I got to take care of my Sunday school class and my bus route. Listen, the first thing you've got to do is take care of yourself. You've got to take care of your walk with God. You've got to take care of your devotion and time with God. And Paul was saying, keep thy heart with all diligence, uh, basically. You see, you and I will do everything that we ought to do. If we feed the inner man. Because God's going to show us what to do. If we're in touch with him. Missions. Evangelism. Listen, that will all be cared for if the inner man is cared for first. That's what needs the attention. All that God wants you to be doing will get done if you pay attention and feed the inner man in your life. If you're too busy to feed the inner man, you have something that you don't need in your schedule, and you need to be at the altar and ask God what it is. Find out what it is. Chop that thing out of your life. You need the time with God again. Yes, feed the inner man. Be, uh, keep your heart with all diligence. The warning signal of when you know that you're too busy or overcommitted, it's when you realize that you're neglecting the inner man. For some right now, in this building, perhaps the buzzer is going off very loudly in your heart right now. The red lights are flashing. I'm trying to get your attention, son. Daughter, I want your time. I want to walk and talk with you. I want to fellowship with you. It's time for you to cut something out of your life so that you can put the right thing into your life, and that's your walk with God. God is calling on you tonight to take an inventory of the inner man and reverse any erosion that has started. May God send revival to our inner man. Start it tonight. Hidden sin. We need to deal with it. If there's inner sin, we need to face it. Be honest. If there's neglecting of our inner man, we need to face that too. And it will be good people, hardworking people, but hardworking people need to take care of this matter in their life. The third cause 
and there are many more, I'm sure, but the third that we'll look at tonight is bitterness. Bitterness will cause an inner erosion right now. The Bible calls bitterness a root. In Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Did you notice? As a root, where is the root? Oh, that's right, underground. It's working underground, like erosion works underground. It's unseen as it's occurring. It starts out as, well, I got my feelings hurt. Uh, they didn't treat me right. They offended me. You should have, heard, should have heard how they said that to me. It just hurt. Relationships are broken. And then it changes to getting even. Revenge. Often the root is really bitterness toward God. They become, they blame God for something in their life. In essence, they say, well, I've done things God's way, and he's let me down. Therefore, from here on out, I'm doing things my way. Oh, that's a haughty, prideful heart right there, I'll tell you. All the time, the caustic acid of that bitterness is leaching the soil out from underneath your, your feet, and your spiritual life is getting ready to collapse of your own doing if you've allowed that bitterness. You won't forgive that person no matter what. You won't ask forgiveness of that person that you ought to. You know you offended. And the bitterness just keeps going. A young preacher that I know planted a church. He had amazing success preacher. Unbelievable. Within four years, they were running 150 solid in their church. They bought a new property. Things were going great, wonderful, beautiful building and facilities. I think five buildings on that property. Wonderful. But some of the folks rebelled when they didn't get their way. God help us. And half the church left with those sorry people. And the young pastor didn't know how to handle it. And he became bitter. He said in his heart, what else could I have done? I mean, I am trying to do everything the way God wants me to do it. And he became bitter, however, and quit the ministry and went back to the secular job. The church went down to 25, and that's when uh, I was introduced to the church. They have a new preacher now, praise the Lord. The church is back up to about 75. I don't think that God was done with that pastor, but he got bitter. And when you get bitter, you cut off, it's like cutting off your right hand. You cut off what God has planned for you. Inner erosion. If you've let it occur in your life again, correct it tonight before your life collapses and caves in on you. Inner erosion, every head bowed and every eye closed. You've been a great congregation to preach to tonight. Christian, maybe God's warning you in this matter. You have failed to keep your heart. That's what it's all about. Or you have failed to keep it with all diligence. You've tried to keep it, but not with everything within you. And now the issues of life are collapsing all around you, and you or you know that they soon will. 
The causes, again, of inner erosion, hidden sin, neglect of your inner man, bitterness. Nothing can stir us for revival and for souls, like identifying that there's a sinkhole developing in our life and we're not going to let it keep going. Uh, there's a certain hollowness that we've allowed. We put up with it, but we are willing to address it. We're willing to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God tonight, face it, and correct it. Glory. I wonder if you dare to be honest tonight regarding inner erosion. And you could say by operation hand preacher, God has put his hand on something in my life that I need to correct. I don't want this inner erosion to keep going. I don't want everything to collapse around me. I want to shore up that erosion and correct it tonight. I'm asking God to help me refill the gap that I've allowed. I don't want to be a hollow Christian. Could I see your hand? Put it up right now. Don't sit there and think about it. You won't do it. God wants you to do it. The Holy Spirit wants you to do it. Is there somebody, the Holy Spirit's prompting you, and something's got to change, and it needs to start tonight. Is there somebody else? This is urgent. This is something for young people and older people alike. We've got to deal with hollowness and the inner erosion. I wonder, maybe tonight, there's somebody who's here, and you're lost without Christ. If you're lost You've grown used to being a hollow regarding Christ. If you would receive Christ, the very first day of being saved would be better than every day you've ever had before. It's time that you quit neglecting your inner man and come to Christ. Be forgiven of all of your sins. Praise God. And if you would do that tonight, and you know you need to, the Lord is prompting you to, you would say, preacher, pray for me. I need to make this decision to receive Christ as my Savior. Is there somebody like that? Would you raise your hand so I'd know who you are? I'll pray for you. I will not embarrass you. Is there somebody like that? Amen. Let's all stand to our feet for prayer.